Go Team Venture. I'm your host, Justin Blomquist, and this is the show where once a week we go through another episode of The Venture Brothers. Each week I have a guest on the show to discuss the episode in full, and I'm so excited to have back today's guest. She's returning after only meeting her a few weeks ago. She is back, I think, with our shortest guest turnaround time ever. <laughs> Please welcome back Devin Dinsmore. Welcome, Devin. Hi, everybody. Hi, Justin. Hi, thank I'm you so much to be back. for joining me. We are discussing this week uh, the official season six, episode one, even though that's not what the creators would say, uh, Hostile Makeover, written by Jackson Public, with its original air date of January 31st, 2016. And of course, as yeah. is tradition on the show, I ask if you could, in your own words, give a two to three sentence kind of teaser as to what's happening this week on The Venture Brothers. The Ventures are back on top, and... We have Monarch back in Newark, just across the pond. I think that's a fine introduction. The IMDb plot summary is, The Ventures are back! Exclamation point. And they're moving on up to a deluxe apartment in the sky. <laughs> but will Mo Money bring Mo problems? And can the Monarch handle the commute? I saw the Mo Money Mo, Mo problems one. I was like, I know Justin's going to want this one. <laughs> <laughs> but will Mo um, Money bring Mo problems? <laughs> Yeah, it's a, this, is a, this is a really fun one, and I did read the creators did not intend this to be the, the official first episode, because of course Kirk can't show up, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun episode, and it's for as dense as it is, it's bright, it's fun, it's an exciting way to get back into the, the show. Yeah, and for as dense it is, like, not a lot really happens. Like, it's just a couple of, like, you know, they do this thing, they do that thing, they do that, but it's just so many new characters introduced, you have, just have to like, discuss all of it, so... Uh, yeah. The episode opens after the end of Jonas Jr.'s funeral, which we covered a bit in last week's episode. It was like a five-minute standalone short that you can still find on YouTube. Uh, but mm -hmm. Resty is lying on his back with this disturbing grin on his face as Dean and Hank check to see if he's okay. <laughs> Why are his eyes open? <laughs> <laughs> Shock? Uh, yes. They, they find uh, JJ's last will and testament clutched within Rusty's hands, and the lawyer who presented it to him uh, leans over and says... Wakey, wakey, Mr. Venture, you're about to be a very rich man. And then we get the great hip-hop intro montage as the family moves into their totally. new, the previously uh, Ventec Tower in, sorry, in the penthouse of Ventec Tower in New York City. I love everybody's fits in this episode. Everybody's got the drip, oh, not yeah. even including the ambassador. Like, everybody is drippy as fuck, and I love it. I'm so excited about it. I wish they would have kept up like the uh, the sweet blazer with the turtleneck combos, though. Mm -hmm. I wish yeah, that like, would have stayed for the rest of the season. Even yeah, Dean just looks sharp as hell in his new suits, but uh, he gets to wearing his sweatshirt a little more and more as he's starting to go to school. Still keeps the same color scheme as before, though, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got that. Same as my shirt, that kind of uh, brownish red. There you go. Uh, and yes, uh, the Vanity played on the limousine says Rusty's back, and that is also the song that's playing, which sounds very much like Snap by The Power, released in 1990. Yep. Rusty's back. I've got the power. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Love that song. Uh, we see. It's like a like a fun, corny intro scene too, and like, oh, their new apartment is just such a such a such JJ's place, like a perfectly done, like hit, modern, minimalistic apartment penthouse mm -hmm. up in new york city and then uh, we do we, uh, i can't talk we get a quick flash of the kind of times square and we see the 
musical lease up, uh, which of course is Rent. How do you feel about the musical Rent? I'm gonna I'm gonna out myself and say that I've never seen it yet. It's been on my list for a while. I was just talking about musicals last night with James, but the uh, it's always been on the list. I don't think it's free to rent anywhere right now. Yeah, I. Just I growing up had done a dance to the intro song, the five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred minutes, and so I've heard that song too many times, so I hate it. <laughs> and then also, uh, I eventually saw the production at like the University of Green Bay. It was like a tour, and I was in high school. We went up there for like a music competition and saw the show. And then in seeing the show, I was like, oh. I don't really care for this show either. These people are kind of suck and I don't necessarily like this story. And so, yeah, I'm not a fan of Rent. <laughs> well, maybe I'll bump it down on my list then. People love watch, it though. Uh, so it's, I, think it's really just, I, I'm, I think I'm on the outs. I'm like, it's the same with my opinion on the movie Bridesmaids. I don't like Bridesmaids. Everyone else loves Bridesmaids. Just couldn't get into it. I watched, uh, I watched Don't Look Up and it felt very much the same way that it feels when I watched Bridesmaids. Like you kind of get the... Um, you're having fun for a second and then you get the goosebumps on your arm and like your cheeks flushed from like the secondhand embarrassment. Kind of like when you like say somebody's name incorrectly, but there's nobody else in the room with you. So there's no real reason to feel that embarrassed, but mm-hmm. you definitely do. Yeah. But yeah. They're moving in. We see they've got, you know, fancy new suits. Hank's got this new hairdo. He looks awesome. Uh, they're all carrying large amounts of shopping bags. They're moving on up. Dean gets Rocket's old room, which I did not understand that seeing this until I read the book. This is Rocket's room, and it looks like an adult's room because he, I guess, was a child genius. And so yes. the whole thing was like, uh, they said in the book, like the idea of the captain asking him to play catch. He's the kind of kid who would try and figure out the physics of a curveball rather than actually play catch with someone. That's what the equation is on the whiteboard in the, the bedroom. <laughs> And then, yeah, so then we see Hank's room and it looks like a three-year-old's room because it belonged to Ned. I love that. <laughs> James goes, oh, Ned. Oh, Ned. Yep. And I Is, said, yes. Wait, no, but Ned's not dead. No, he's not dead. He was just, he was wondering why there were so many crayon drawings. And oh. then he had to remember, he was like, oh, yes, the, the callus. Yes. Yes. I, I can <laughs> so, so gentle about it. Like we, we were sitting at family dinner or something like Oh, yes, Ned. Ned. Maybe he should get some thicker skin. Thicker skin? Ned has skin (laughs) that's six inches thick. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could have seen more of Ned. Yeah, definitely. The the funny thing is, it's just like every time Hank gets something cool and it's like kind of lame. Yeah, but he makes it his own eventually. He does. I mean, it's funny that we just left his room at the compound, which he had made kind of Captain Sunshine rainbow themed. And then he comes into this very colorful, almost rainbow themed child's room. Like it's, it's pretty close to what he's already living with. Totally. Uh, we see in the montage, Rusty bursting into a boardroom meeting at Ventec. He walks up to the big board and writes in bright red, you're all fired. And then grins. Hatred is trying to stop Rusty from flying his new venture plane at some point, which he obviously has never flown. But the look of it very much makes me think of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, the Quinjets you'll see in like Captain America and the Winter Soldier, especially. They feature those Quinjets. Cool. Yeah, the um, the firing scene I read in the, the book, that it was supposed to be a lot more in depth than that and that they were supposed to have like some sort of plot with an old fired employee that, that went off the rails, but they kind of, they kind of, fizzled out on that one yeah which makes me think of the movie scrooged where bobcat goldthwaite mm-hmm. gets fired and kind of goes nuts totally 
I haven't seen that movie a bunch. People love it at Christmas time. It's not my favorite version of that story, though, so I have only seen it maybe twice. I opt out of most Christmas movies around Christmas time. I'll watch like three or four of them, but seen it, seen it so many times. I'll probably see it at somebody's house at a salon or something. You know? Yeah. Lazy. I I made a point to watch a few movies that I usually watch, but that's how I do. That's how I do. Uh, I also yeah, love. We also. Uh... Oh, go no, oh. please. I I love the rivalry between J-Bot and Helper. Yes, uh, it starts just in this next scene where we see J-Bot has prepared this delicious breakfast and is, you know, taking care of everyone's needs and Helper you just see behind the corner like peeking out like, what's he doing? <laughs> He's so mad and I Helper is my favorite character like, hundred percent, just so funny this this inadequate robot. Yes, <laughs> but so all he mad. all he wants to do is help you. And he can't because someone else is doing his job for him. And better. Uh, Rusty asks what everyone's big plan is for their first day in the big city. Uh, Hatred says he's going to run a security check because he can't seem to trust the people who run Bentec Tower currently. He's like, the, the monkey business crew wouldn't pass muster at a Boy Scout jamboree. Well, <laughs> you would know. <laughs> and then he, Rusty gives this line and just digs in. Just try not to burn the place down while you're at it. Hmm? And it's just hmm? like, oh, he's going to not forgive hatred for a while for burning down the compound. Uh, have you ever oh, held a, a grudge for a long time? Or ultimately, no, my memory's not ha- good enough. Ha- have you had someone constantly remind you of a mistake you made? Mm. No. And sometimes, though, I do regret the uh, do regret the sugar skull tattoo. But no, my memory's not long enough to hold a grudge or to know anyone's got a grudge against me. So if anyone out there hates me, let me know. Send me a reminder. <laughs> Drop a pin. I'll come talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, How about I, you? I certainly like held grudges against kids who like teased me in school. I remember on a previous podcast episode, I said, you know, I, I should give a shout out. I said, I think uh, Ryan Diaz, if you're still out there, I wish you have a sex disease. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was um, no, shit. I. But no, other than I, that, I really. definitely shoved a girl into a locker in elementary school because she said something about she wished my mom was dead or something. It was really strange. I think she must have watched a soap opera, but I got really dramatic. But I think I'm mostly just reactive and I'm just like, ah! <laughs> I shove whoever does something bad at the time and then it's over. I so yeah, Hank's, we had Pink's outfit. <laughs> He goes through so many different outfits in this too, and like I definitely am so glad that they ditched the like uh the like super modern like pop boy outfit because it's just so not Hank. No, although he know, does cycle through a few. He goes through a few. This is his first one where he's wearing a very like from 1990 hip hop kind of outfit: a backwards baseball cap, large gold chain, and overalls with one strap hanging off the shoulder. I do. I love that outfit. I, I grew up with that outfit. <laughs> Not necessarily <laughs> me wearing it, but I, it was around me a lot. Missed opportunities. Um, yeah, Dean's a lot more muted, but he's definitely like, he's the kid who who gets the credit card, Dean is, and he doesn't buy anything with it, except the one time that he does, he like panics and writes up a report on what he bought and why he bought it. And mm. Hank's just like going wild. Exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm going to enjoy the life of the idle rich playboy. While Dean is wearing a nice suit and is going to, uh, I can never remember how to pronounce it because it's spelled so hard. Uh, Stuyvesant. Stuyvesant, thank you. I always want to say Stuyvesant. I'm like, that's not it, Justin. (laughs) It is an abhorrent spelling. Stuyvesant University campus uptown, which is supposed to be Columbia University. Dean uses (laughs) his J phone to get directions, but the J phone's version of Siri is JJ. 
and Dean and yep. Rusty are kind of saddened that this is they're hearing a dead man's voice. Yeah. Which is like kind of a turn for Rusty too. Like it always shocks me in that scene that he even has an emotional reaction to his brother's voice. Well, I mean, they did kind of finally kind of make amends as he was dying. He's like, you know, he gave him, yeah. he said, you know, I respect you and I love you and I'm going to miss you. And I think. And then he gave him a bunch of money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Maybe, maybe I'll just call a cab. Would you like me to call you a cab? Hey, Pop, pretty much the Avengers are on our porch. Yeah, stars and garters. Such yes. a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's got, he's got legs to pull it off, too. Uh, he really yes, does. Like Rusty uh, makes a nice joke, you know. Well, if you're selling cookies, I'll take two boxes of Thin Mints. If you're selling religion, <laughs> you can leave the way you came. <laughs> yeah, we have Oriana um, and Fallen Archer, which Fallen Archer is so goofy to me. The, the feet. Oh, why? The arrows. Well, cause, because if, if you have arches, you've got arched feet. If you have flat feet, you have fallen arches. So he's got arrows that are flat-footed. And that's why he's the fallen archer. Did I never put that together? I literally (laughs) never put that. I was like, what the fuck is up with this guy and his dumb foot arrows? Like, this is the worst superhero of all time. That is so funny. And then I (laughs) had to look up where does stars and garters come from? It's an exclamation. Oh, my stars and garters. Uh, Yep. He even says it at one point later in the episode. That he does. Uh, but so it has a double meaning. Uh, garters are usually an article of clothing that people wear to hold up their stockings or socks. However, mm-hmm. garter is also the name of a badge worn by members of the Order of the Garter. It is the highest award that a king or queen of England can give to a knight. Cool. I didn't know that part. And so uh, it refers to royal honors and awards as well as stockings. So that's why he's... yeah. A military guy also wearing stockings. <laughs> wearing, yes, very feminine uh, leg wear. Yeah. And, yeah, and high heel shoes. And that's so strange because then his alter ego, Tosh, is such a bro, bro douchebag. Guess... Hey, also, he comes back in the, the episode uh, as the, the guy at the college when Dean yeah. goes. He, he's, he's the professor who throws the energy can at uh, uh, Jared, Spider Man. Yes. Black Brown yep. Widow. Yeah, but they Tosh don't make Tompkins. that. They don't make that obvious at first. But then it's like, yeah, that's Tosh Tompkins, and she calls him Tosh here. Like, way to do your homework, Tosh. After they find out right. that uh, Rusty can't uh, take part in their scheme. Yeah, uh, I wrote down uh, Fallen Archer's um, <laughs> kind of speech here that he goes through so quickly because he's not a salesman. Did you ever have to sell stuff door to door as a kid? And I think he no. <laughs> No, I'm tiny. I'm easy to kidnap. People would people would take advantage of that. Hell no. I'm not but selling yeah, anything door to door. As a Boy Scout, we had to sell uh, wreaths door to door. And uh, oh, y'all sold wreaths. Wreaths, yeah. And then we did other stuff too. Like for school, you'd have to go door to door, but they had to do it in teams so people wouldn't get kidnapped. But like you sell, like you know, uh, Brown Deer High School is selling this coupon book for thirty dollars, and it has over a thousand dollars worth of savings inside. And so yeah, like. That's what he's doing here with his little speech. Are you tired of feeling afraid? The cow is here to protect you and your property from all costume menace, be it terrestrial, extraterrestrial, or supernatural in origin. Hillary <laughs> 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 takes a big breath in the middle, too. <gasps> you can fit in any budget. Let's go ahead and get you started with your gold pun today, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just pull out the OSI card and immediately just like, way to do your homework. Yep. But I do like this line here from Oriana that I never really heard before because I didn't have the subtitles on. Uh, you know, 
he asks, why would I need protection from the cast of Godspell? And she's like, that looming black phallus that sits across the way, it's turgid with the nation's nastiest villains, and it's got a rape on for super scientists like you. And I was like, whoa! Powerful line. Yeah, it's the, she, uh, she's, she's very verbose. I would say so. Uh, and yeah, to turn hard on into a phrase like that, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a rough line. Um, she's a, she's a cool character. Oh, she's fantastic. And of course she's voiced by Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live and other things. Mm-hmm. I've been a big fan of hers ever since she arrived at Saturday Night Live. She's fantastic. She also has like a take on, she's just basically just Wonder Woman. She, yeah, yeah, I was, I was going to, at some point later on, I go through like her whole deal. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, I guess we can talk about it now. She's like an Amazon warrior. And mm-hmm. uh, so much so, I guess there was, uh, it's, Amazons were a Greek myth, but part of their mythos was that they would cut off their breasts so that they could draw their bows uh, with more accuracy and fire arrows more accurately. So she has a breast that's been removed. I wasn't ever sure if it was just that or if it was like a thing of two, like maybe she was a cancer survivor. They don't yeah. officially say, but that does happen. Right. Yeah, you have to wonder. I don't. I don't think they ever go into that one too much. But she's like, she's so great. Just like successful businesswoman, like very nonchalant, um, total dom. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love that. Uh, rather than flying an invisible jet like Wonder Woman, she has uh, an invisible chariot, which is carried by some invisible like giant geese. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we see very... them later on when she's like going to say thank. We see like their invisible shape, so you can see what they are. Mm-hmm. They're a, a very odd team, but they're the news team also. Uh, well, she is. Uh, is Fallen Archer also a news guy? I believe he was on it, wasn't he? I think he's one of the other anchors. Okay. I don't, rem- I don't remember. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch. Because that comes up in an up- upcoming episode. I haven't gotten there yet. Yep. I, I haven't rewatched it. I know that she is a, a... And then Tosh is the obviously the professor at the school so he couldn't be yep. on the news team but maybe fallen archer is maybe yeah her, that the, those two and night dick night dick he laughed at the name <laughs> i keep telling you uh and then we didn't say too uh that as far as uh fallen archer he both resembles the green arrow with his hood and his blonde facial hair uh, and hawkeye with his purple clothing because they're both the primary archers for dc and marvel Hatred shows up. These guys are protected by me. Oh, O-S-I. Sorry. And then uh, we then jump over to New Jersey and we see the monarch's home is under renovations. Getting her all dialed up. Getting the old house back up to snuff. Have you ever had to renovate a space? Hell no. I'm lazy Uh, as hell. No. How about you? My uncle Bill years ago uh, was assisting with renovating a house and I like assisted for like a day and he was their electrician. So I was helping like fish wires through old drywall and stuff for an afternoon. That was about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, I'm more of a walk in and go, that looks great. See you guys later. <laughs> but I, I do work. I do enjoy working on like construction stuff and working with tools and things. So I wouldn't mind giving it a shot at some point. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll find some stuff around here to do if you ever want to make a trip up to Michigan. Sure. Uh, <laughs> the monarch comes in the kitchen where 21 quickly tries to hide the newspaper he's reading. Where is Dr. My Wife? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love that it gets shortened. And then uh, he says she's already gone. She left at dawn for some guild thing. Manolo is their head contractor and working in the house. And he asks 21 something in Spanish, which 21 understands and answers because he, I got Rosetta Stone. 
Yellowstone. Yep. Do you it's speak any always, other languages? Always surprising. Yes. I do not speak any other languages. I hardly yeah. speak English. How about you? No, I don't. But I did, uh, when I was in London, go to like the London Museum and I saw the real Rosetta Stone in person. That was kind of cool. That's tight. I thought you were going to say that you went to London and you started speaking British and I was going to roast you. I was like all prepared for the joke and shit too. Adam, my love. Yeah, I was just going to come back and be like, man, that's a, that's uh, a real study abroad. Uh, when I left, uh, having studied abroad in Wales, uh, I came back to the States <laughs> and everyone was like, dude, you got an accent. And I probably did. Um, but at the same time, like when you're over there and you're engrossed in the culture, you start talking like everyone else. Like you don't say, you know, I'm going to go down to the bar. It's like, I'll meet you at the pub. And like, you just, you kind of start saying things the way saying people, it like other people. people say them. Yeah. And at some point I said, you know, am I doing like an accent? They're like, no, you're not. Like you're talking like you're saying words we say the way we say them, but you're not doing an accent. So like last semester, there was this guy, you know, so-and-so. He, like within two weeks was like, hello guys, I'm, I'm Sam. I'm from, uh, I'm from Kansas. Like well, what <laughs> happened to your voice, Sam? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely heard of a couple of people. I know uh, a couple of friends that have studied abroad and they come back and it's like a very like a uh, broken version of a different language. And you're like, good, cool, 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 cool. Sure, 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 sure. Engrossed. Um, <laughs> but I, I did know some friends when I first moved out to Grand Rapids one of my my guy friends was dating this girl and she did not even study abroad or go overseas at all but she came back from a summer just in the midwest and she came back talking like this and she came back using a different name it was like cambridge or something like that and she was talking like this the whole time and everyone that knew her it was like people that she had went to high school and college with like this wasn't somebody that like like she walked into a new town and was like let's try it out Mm-hmm. very bizarre yep it went on for about two years there was a guy who did stand up with me in madison and he didn't hang around long because everyone was like you're full of shit stop coming here <laughs> uh he's like you know he was pretending to be irish and he had this like decent irish brogue but like having met people actually from ireland and like knowing people from ireland i was like yeah that's a fake accent and he's like no <laughs> and i was like yeah it is stop yes. stop lying either come clean or stop coming around here because we're all fucking tired of it yeah, you're being weird, dude. Like, why? Who, who picks up an accent and thinks that that's going to be their new personality trait? People, people. I also have another hill that I want to die on in this episode. Because at one point, and I don't remember exactly who says it, but somebody mentioned something is like super epic or something. I thought we were ditching that word. Even by 2016, I thought that was going to be out of the vernacular. <laughs> I fucking hate the word epic. Unless you're describing an epic in the literal sense of the term, like in the actual story sense of an epic. I don't yeah. want it. I don't want it used. We need to. We need to flush that. It's it. It's reminiscent of like the XD emoticon and and Rafflecopter and Lawler skates and shit. Like, stop. <laughs> we were past that. I thought. I thought we moved on. <laughs> well, this episode is a few years old too. It is 2016, but still not going to excuse it. <laughs> I'm shaking the book. Monarch asks 21 why he's hiding the paper, and he finds that, of course, the monarch is, you know, oh, why would I be upset? Because I'm living in squalor while my enemy's living in a goddamn ivory tower? <laughs> and he says, I don't that, even follow baseball. <laughs> <laughs> he says, we're going there today. And uh, 21 says, they're not prepared to arch. And the monarch says, it's not going to be an arch. It shall merely be a, re- a reconnoiter. I had to look up, uh, is a to make a military observation of an area. 
could have just said recon. Yeah, it's always funny the weird like words that you end up having to pull out a dictionary for. Yeah, I was like, well, he made a point of saying reconnoiter. Now I gotta know what exactly that means. Like I was like, I think I know what that means, but I don't want to look like an asshole. Uh, <laughs> right. And they're so ill-equipped for for anything and everything that they're trying to get done. Because wasn't it last episode that they find out about his trust fund pretty much being zilch? No, that's I think the or next episode once they're okay. trying to get like more money to like do because like they're running out of doing so much work in the house. So, like you know, hey, now we want money to start building up our arching stuff. And like you don't have any money. Yeah. yeah, we're between uh, cocoons right now. <laughs> <laughs> now it's Meteor Majeur, the Council of Thirteen are meeting, all seven of us. Uh, but Radical Left points out that he only counts as one because while he has split personalities, he's still just one person. He um, asks uh, where the new sovereign is. I'll call him Killinger, Killinger, Killinger. <laughs> he's not Beetlejuice. <laughs> I wanted to point out, like, you know, with, with what we were mentioning on the last episode I was on with you, we were talking about how Killinger is just so valued. He comes into the guild and just drops off this, like, new testament, basically, of what the guild's going to be for the next forever. And that's great. But it's also, like, the old book, The Charter. I remember uh, when Phantom Limb escaped, uh, you know, and it was the whole Orb episode, I think. It was like, you know... Oh no! Yeah, it was it was Orb. It was before he escaped the guild. He was still just uh, forming his revenge society with a cup and a shoe, and uh, yep, stole the the charter from the Chamber Sabrosa. So that's the charter, the old book of the guild, which like is like the original like text of okay, here is what we are all about. Yeah, and he uh, he really leaves it to them. He doesn't he doesn't want to be in charge of anybody. He just wants to say like. Just as a reminder, here are your resources in case anyone forgot the manual that we all base this off of. In case anyone didn't tell you, you are a special flower. You will bloom, <laughs> you will grow, you will spread your seeds. <laughs> Killinger's just a, a, a perfect, perfect guidance character. Uh, yeah, and it's, yeah, watching Ward bring in the book and say, you know, he he said he's, he, he left, uh, you know, he didn't say anything else. He said, my work here is done. And then I, I just love this too. Like, you know, as, as watch comes in, he starts to sit down. Don't sit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like they can just never get anything. What are we supposed to do with this? No sovereign. And the red mandals reading the book saying, well, the original council ruled by committee and phantom limbs. Like, well, well, no, we can't have nobody in charge because the people will revolt without a strong leader. And she was like, well, our last strong leader left a giant mess after we try to kill everybody on Gargantua too, So everyone's already wanting to revolt. So we need to figure something out now. That's when uh, Radical Left suggests they do a kind of town hall type meeting to assure everyone it's still business as usual at the Guild of Calamitous Intent. And there, yeah, we see that scene in a little bit. Uh, Dean's running late though for his tour at the university. Oh, how embarrassing. Yeah, so, and he's also roommates with Jared, which is great. Yeah, that's uh, later on when he decides to go live on campus. But for now, Jared is just the tour guide uh, who is uh, just finished the tour that Dean missed entirely. He's like an hour yes. late. This is uh, his like uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man moment with the, the can getting thrown at him. Yes. But it looks like he pooped his pants. <laughs> yeah, I love that as he's like taking, he's like, well, I can give you a personal tour. I'm a bit of a uh, you know, known man on campus. It's like, no, you're not. You're Peter Parker. You're a loser. <laughs> which is why you then get caught pooping your pants. But uh, I, I do uh, have to mention two references as he, uh, you know, comes by. He's like, don't you remember me? I'm, 
I'm rusty. And Dean doesn't get it at first. But then this is where Tosh comes in and calls uh, out. He says, hey, lover boy, what are you working for the weekend? Uh, this is in reference to Jared wearing a pink headband because he has to wear a headband to cover up his extra eyeballs. Uh, but the yep. lead singer of the band Loverboy, known for the hit song Working for the Weekend, often wore a colorful headband as well. I, I like that Tosh is always dressed up as an 80s bully. But He's his... dressed like a gym teacher, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> or an 80s bully, I guess. Same diff, right? Yeah, really. But the, uh... The funny thing is just that he's these stars and garters outside of that. Yeah. Soft, frilly outfit. And then they do this great, you know, old school Spider-Man cartoon thing where as he throws the can, Jared's face goes like half brown widow mask. And he's like talking to himself, you know, oh, he's thrown his can. My, my, uh, what is it? My campus tour guide senses tell me uh, that I can dodge it if I need to, or I can shoot a web to catch it. But then everyone would know my secret identity. And he is thinking about it way too long. So much that Dean's like, are you okay? And then finally the can does hit him in the head and he shoots his web at the same time. And then Tosh says this line, which I had to again look up. Hey, Mark Knopfler crapped his pants again. Mark Knopfler was the lead singer and guitarist for the band Dire Straits. He was also known for wearing colorful headbands. I thought you were going to say he shits his pants a lot. I looked up Mark Knopfler <laughs> pooped pants and that wasn't the thing. So I was like, so, okay, so who's Mark Knopfler? Oh, he just also wore a colorful headband in his 80s rock band. <laughs> Mark Knopfler poops pants? <laughs> I seriously Googled that. Put that in the gold star for the search history. I didn't uh, cut my <laughs> pants, by the way. No, I know. I remember you now. I like that also his memory is so bad for the, the Rusty musical that he sings it super, super off-key, even though it wasn't super long ago. Like, what, two seasons? Yeah, something like that. I'm Rusty. I still hope they do a little bit of, like, a maybe even, like, a special or some, like, a short or something for I the mean, the musical. Really, the like... rock opera. We, we hear that last little bit at the end of the episode because that other universe has a, has a hit, hit show on Broadway. And yeah, it's so good. I want to hear that whole song done like that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That would be a good thing for adults for them to pick up if they're looking for a little extra something. For sure. Back at the Ventec Tower, Rusty is uh, taking photos with everyone that JJ donated large sums of money to, including Juniors Juniors, St. Abernathy's, mm-hmm. the Can-Do Club, and the Friends of Fox Ford's Disease. Did you look up what Fox Ford's Disease is? Because I didn't. I did, because I was curious. It's a chronic blockage of the sweat gland ducts with a secondary non-bacterial inflammatory response to the secretions and cellular debris in the cysts. So it's like you're what? getting like cysts in your armpits. Uh, ouch. Because your sweat glands are getting blocked. It yeah, sounds rough. painful and awful. Yeah, I'm going to say no to that when they need a foundation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they can have their foundation. Write them the check. Yeah, please. <laughs> Rusty asks the pirate captain if he can't just do this charity work instead of him. As which the captain says no, because he has to go to their queen's facility for another meeting. Of course, I wouldn't have to if you hadn't fired everybody. I love that he sticks around and also that he dresses like Steve Jobs. Yes, that's the best part is that he dresses like Steve Jobs. <laughs> and, and he has I- an addiction to tranquilizer darts. Oh, yes. A crippling addiction to tranquilizer darts. As we see him passing the exits, uh, the monarch, disguised as the Statue of Liberty, as a kind of street performer, 
and 21 dressed as the naked cowboy, which I did not know was a thing until I read the book. Did you look up the naked oh, cowboy? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, and, I remember or had you, when that was a thing. I did not remember when that was a thing at all. He has his own Wikipedia page. Uh, so it's uh, a guy named Robert John Burke, better known as the naked cowboy, an American actor, singer, songwriter, best known for singing regularly in New York City's Times Square, where he only wears cowboy boots, a cowboy hat, white briefs, while a guitar is strategically placed to give the illusion of nudity. And uh, he also, in 2010, formally announced that he was running for president of the United States, uh, representing the Tea Party movement. I didn't know he ran for president. I forgot about the Tea Party movement. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was hoping to do another Monarch um, spending chart again. But oh, this please. episode did not have, it didn't have that much. Because really what we're looking at is just a pair of white briefs and acoustic guitar with an American flag decal on it. Which, I mean, you could probably buy super cheap. But the, the only other thing was the venture staff costumes. And I get the feeling I've probably coached those off some venture staff. Oh, probably so. I mean, mostly I think they, I would say besides buying, yeah, like the cowboy hat and stuff, uh, their travel fare from taking the subway is also probably like they had applied about like annual passes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even think to factor that one in. But yeah, that's a, it was a very cheap episode for them. They're, they're kind of, kind of tightening the belt a little bit. Gas money for Manolo. Manolo. <laughs> I think that guy's overcharging me. He does good work. <laughs> You're paying for quality. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so as they're out front, uh, oh, and I was going to ask too, I've never been to New York City. Have you ever been to New York City or Times Square? Yeah, I've been to both. Uh, I went when I was 18. It was fun. It was about what you'd expect. Um, I went with a good friend of mine, and I believe that she was perhaps expecting some more magic, like movie-style magic. Mm-hmm. But I was more so excited to just smell the gross air and see very strange things in the park. And it was exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I think that's kind of how I experienced Paris was uh, I was expecting more because I loved London. London was blew my mind. I was like, London's amazing. I bet Paris is just as good. And then it was just an older city. It was a dirtier city. Like everything's just mm-hmm. covered in black soot from just centuries Grime. of people living. And uh, the people weren't necessarily rude, but the uh, kind of homeless on the street or the people at least asking for change were very aggressive. Like if I was smoking a cigarette, it wasn't, can I have a cigarette? It was, give me a cigarette. Give me a cigarette. Give me a Euro. It wasn't, can I have one? It was, give me, give me a Euro. You gotta get that tough city folk skin on you. Yeah. I was on walking, son. I was 21 and I had that enough but it was just like that got really annoying after a while i was like oh i fucking hate paris because people don't stop up shut up about asking you for a cigarette totally and then you kind of get to the rock and a hard place where like you'd like to enjoy the atmosphere of the city and not have headphones in but if you visibly are not able to hear the people around you then nobody hassles you yeah for the most part i'd say 2004 like i didn't have an ipod Gotta get your gotta get your skull candy headphones from Target with your uh with your um Bose MP3 player that holds yeah. fifteen songs. Get a whole My Chemical Romance album on there, and you're like, I'm having a fun, pretty cool time because I can still fit like at least one Rob Zombie track. It's definitely never, gonna be Dragula. It's the only one on the computer. <laughs> I never even had that. Uh, I didn't get any connection until uh, my mom got me an iPod Shuffle. That the very first like little, uh, not even the first Shuffle, the one that was like the little clip on. 
that was the first uh, digital music thing I ever had because I, w- I was a CD kid. I had CDs for the longest time. Um, it was too much bulk for me to carry because I'm, I'm, I'm a woman of variety. So I had to have a, I had to have a collection on me. You know, the vibe changes, it shifts. Even at ten, you gotta know. Yeah, I'm also not the biggest like music person. I like music, but like people I know, are like you know, I need to have my music. Like, no, I prefer listening to podcasts most of the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about seventy-five percent podcast, and then fifteen percent music, and the rest is just pure silence. Yeah, what I when I want to listen to music is more so when I'll get out my vinyl. Like that's like I just yesterday I bought a couple of vinyl records. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna like sit down and just relax and like. I'll maybe like scroll through Instagram, but like right now it's just like, just listen to the music and just enjoy it. Yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a, a presentation. This is where uh, 21 is singing his song about the things he's seeing in the lobby. <laughs> and stealing. <laughs> yes. But I happened to steal one of them cards when a very nice <laughs> guard gave me a quarter. But the captain hears yep. this and immediately captain starts Steve to- Jobs. <laughs> yeah, he he comes at them. Where'd you get that? But uh, the monarch shoots him in his chest with a sleep dart, and the two men then have to escape the two cops who were 20 feet away who witnessed this happening. Uh, one of the officers stops to see if the captain is all right, and he feels fantastic. <laughs> now we're at Don Hill's that. nightclub. Yes, about time. They, uh, they try to pull a fast one on everybody, thinking that all these villains are stupid and yeah. have a phantom limb masquerade as the sovereign to tell everybody everything's fine yeah doing the old man behind the curtain but then uh phage calls Mm -hmm. him out he's like that's that's not the sovereign the real sovereign tried to kill the council i know i was there and so was she yep they uh they definitely got called on that one pretty fast but you know i still i still think it was like a very half-cooked plan yeah i mean they were not thinking too far other than just like let's just have him make an appearance and then we'll like start to like really talk to them but even him making an appearance was just like no that was a bad idea why'd you do that yeah yeah put that one in the book of tragedies but i love that (laughs) sheila being you know kind of her boss ass self takes it upon herself to say okay here's the truth the sovereign's dead the Council of Thirteen is going to rule as a committee now. Okay, well, where are you? Well, this is kind of it. So we're going to start having like it. auditions and like start considering people to join us. Uh, and we'll, we'll start talking to you guys about that soon. I, for one, would like to see more women on the council. Uh, another... And more people of color. And more people of color! <laughs> <laughs> In the uh, end credits, they have uh, the guy who says that uh, with people of color written in uh, parentheses around it. I forget what the guy's name was. The first guy who talks is like a, a black character with like an eye patch and wearing kind of mm-hmm. a beret. He is unnamed. We don't know who that is. But the other guy is Purple Rose. And yes. he is to look like the baseball player Pete Rose. And then his name mm-hmm. is a play on the Woody Allen film, The Purple Rose of Cairo. I also think that his baseball uniform and colorful skin is a reference to the movie The Warriors and the gang The Baseball Furies. But I haven't seen that anywhere else. I think that's just my opinion. That might be a might be a good take. I wouldn't have you, know. Have you seen the Warriors or no? No. Okay. I, I didn't see it until I was like out of college, even. But uh, as a kid, I remember guys would come for like Halloween dressed in like their baseball uniform, carrying a baseball bat, and then they would have like weird face paint on, and they'd be like, you know, big round circle over their eye, and, and like their face is yellow, and a big round like thing of black around their mouth. 
And you're like, what the hell are you? And they go, I'm a baseball yeah. fury. And I'm like, what the hell is a baseball fury? Like, from the movie, The Warriors. And I was like, I've never heard of <laughs> And so like, and yeah. then, when I, then when I finally saw it, I was like, whoa, you as like an eight-year-old kid had seen this movie? Jesus Christ, what kind of parents did you have? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that one. It's great. <laughs> uh, it's the story of like, uh, the opening credits uh, are showing all these different gangs from New York in 1970s. It's like this kind of alternate world of New York where like, if you're in a gang, you all wear the same uniform. So like, you know, all the baseball furies wear baseball uniforms and have colorful face paint and they carry baseball bats. Uh, these other guys, the warriors wear leather Native American inspired uh, vests and they are the warriors and like everyone has their little thing. And they all go to the Bronx to go see this guy who's like, we are, you know, 30,000 warriors strong. If we all get together and just like take on the police, because there was only about 10,000 police in Manhattan, we can rule yeah. the island of Manhattan. Let's like, let's do it. And one of the gangs doesn't like this guy's idiot. And so he shoots the guy dead. And then he blames the warriors. Like it was the warriors. They did it. And so the word spreads. Hey, the warriors did. The warriors killed that guy. Warriors killed that guy. Well, they're in the Bronx and the warriors are from Coney Island, the very south end of Manhattan. So they then have to make it all the way back home, going through all these different gangs turf uh, with all the gangs also looking for them because they're on the hunt for being blamed for killing this guy. And it's their wild night trying to get home. It's fantastic. Wild. That's a, that's quite a tale. I'm sorry I went on a big tangent. It's a great movie. I'm like, I need to, I need to tell the world. If you don't know about the Warriors, you got to know about the Warriors. <laughs> we feel the passion. We feel the passion. The uh, Rusty <laughs> arrives home from his hard day of work, which was hardly anything. but Doing uh, nothing. <laughs> I love that Helper offers him slippers and a pipe because that's what Jonas would have wanted. And he's right. Like, Why would I want those? To which J-Bot then says, a red mocha cooler. <laughs> <laughs> the doc tales are so abhorrent they really do have a knack for picking the nastiest things i know and he, he obviously has a sweet tooth but he's such a skinny guy you wonder where it all goes his diet pills oh he's that's just true. having a couple of sips you know he's i mean got he, a little canister on the the villain outfit when killinger made it for the the diet pills the diet pills are always funny to me because it, it it really like dates rusty to like his 60s uh roots yeah because that is such a 60s thing to just carry around as like either lewds or diet pills <laughs> mother mother's little helper <laughs> yep <laughs> and then uh, this is where rusty comes home to find uh, as i wrote the apartment from big uh, when tom hanks uh, makes it as the executive it's just full of all kinds of toys and things that hank is yep. <laughs> <laughs> um mr reachmore the yes the live giraffe that he bought for dean <laughs> And then uh, he's currently uh, swinging on a trapeze with Flippo. And Flippo is wearing a green, yellow, and red outfit that I'm certain is supposed to emulate Dick Grayson. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yes, Rusty says, all this has to go back, including Mr. Reachmore. Not Mr. Reachmore! He's cutting off Hank's credit cards, and uh, but oh no, someone's coming up the elevator. Hatred has his gun ready, but who is it, Devin? Who's there? <laughs> it's Brock! After <laughs> so long. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that they did this too with this season. Like, Hatred's been fine, but they needed to get Brock back in with the family. And this was the perfect way to do it. Rusty is now the hot new ship because he is now living in New York where all the big, big villains live. And he's a <laughs> multi-billionaire. And so he's got the capital to take on many villains. And so they're just like, yeah, no, he is now a number 10 OSI 
person, we need to have a number 10 taking care yep. of him. That's right. Well, and he actually has the resources now to, to do super science to an extent that would be harmful if mm-hmm. it got into the wrong hands. Which you know? comes up uh, in we the next see. season. Yeah. Yep. And then yep. Uh, I'm so glad we have Brock back. It just, it brings the boys together. And like, this is like such a, such a crucial time. It's almost like you feel like the boys had kind of like, kind of like gotten their footing back. But as soon as Brock comes back, you're like, Oh, dad's home. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is also when the boys really start going their separate ways and doing things that not with each other a lot, you know, for sure. They're finding themselves. Then we see quickly uh, hatred being uh, talked to by Hunter gathers uh, saying, you know, he doesn't want to be at a, at a desk job anymore. Uh, so you can't, please just reassign me. He's like, I can't, there's only one person open for reassignment and it's Jimmy <laughs> Jigawatt out of Deer Park, Texas. Well, give me him. I am not putting you anywhere near him. He's a 90 year old boy genius and he's cute as a button. He's cute as a button. You're the last thing I'm putting on him. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's so funny. Poor, poor hatred. He just wants to work and do a good job. He yeah, knows what he's good at. By the end of the episode where he's like taking on uh, 21 and uh, the monarch, I guess there was a lost thread in the kind of post-credit scene where we were going to see that he like has accepted the job as head of security. But we just learned that next episode. For sure. Back in the tower, Brock comes to find the captain in his room rifling through his footlocker. Oh, this isn't my treasure chest at all. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for trank darts. <laughs> yeah, he would be seen walking away with the OSI issued dart gun. And then, uh, yeah, yeah he, he's got that dart monkey on his back. He needs his fix. <laughs> he certainly does. That's such a, it's such a funny turn for him to... Because the uh, the island, Spider Skull Island, they didn't have uh, any like drinking or anything. They did smoke weed though, mm-hmm. but you know he had uh, he had to really open up when he got back to the city. I'm trying to remember. Uh, are there like dispensaries and things in New York? Is it, is it legal to buy? Like, is it in like Colorado and Illinois? I don't think so. I don't think it is. I know it is in Michigan. I, I I think they've only just decriminalized it, like so you can't be arrested for having it in New York. But yeah, I don't think they have it like we do. Such a weird fine line, the, de- the decriminalization. Because Grand Rapids was like that before they actually made weed legal in, in Michigan as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, how do you want me to get it? Okay, sure, I'll just do what I did before. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for the, a little while when the dispensaries first opened up. I was still going to my guy because it it's still very expensive uh, to go to the dispensary. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, but it's such better quality than I was, getting, than I was getting from my guy. And and you can go during business hours and know that it's there. Yeah, I don't need to like, you know, <laughs> hey, are you around today? No, I can't be around until next week, Tuesday. Like, fuck. Sorry, I'm <laughs> out of town. I'll talk to you next week. Oh, great. No, I need this now. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of now, Rusty and Brock have to go somewhere. And uh, rather than wait for the elevator to come back upstairs, uh, they just decide to leave the building in their Quinjet. And uh, as they jump right into supersonic speed, Immediately off the tower, they pass by uh, the tower across the way, which is the Toffet Tower, where mm-hmm. Wide Whale lives in his penthouse, and they blast out like half of the penthouse windows. It's so insane. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a take on Trump Tower, apparently. Yes, I saw that in the making of book. How it's uh, it's black windows and gold accoutrements are supposed to represent yep. Trump Tower. Again, of course, yep. who live in Trump Tower but a bunch of supervillains. And Moriana. And Moriana. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they say something about that too. I was just, you know, just powerful people would live there. Yeah, they're just they're just ritzy apartments in New York City. What are you gonna do? 
to settle an old score with the Italian. And then Brock is really annoyed that Bresti had him take the jet to Little Italy instead of actual Italy. Cars are for millionaires, Brock. <laughs> but yes, they arrive at this fancy tailor's place. Uh, the owner is this old Italian man who recognizes Rusty immediately and then shoos out the other customer who's asking something about, you know, does this come in green chain mail? And uh, we learn later <laughs> on that this guy makes outfits for super villains, but we don't know that yet. And Rusty certainly does not know that. Right. This is Enzo. Enzo's great. And yes, uh, I'm not going to attempt to do his accent because it's... Uh, <laughs> but um, he spits in Rusty's face when Rusty presents him with this clip full of money. No, Brock, it's a Sicilian thing. And he wipes the spit off his face with the money, whips his own face with it, and then throws it on the ground. And it's this whole, like, you know, let no money come between brothers. And Rusty explains he that... Tw- tw- yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago, he inherited his father's fortune came to Enzo's and ordered one of his specialty items and then never returned to pay for it because Rusty's a piece of shit. Terribly forgetful. And, but, but still remembers when he gets back, like, oh, yeah, I should probably pay that guy. <laughs> yeah, he probably just always remember, like, oh, I still want that speed suit. Because that's what it is. It's a, a, totally. a spoke speed suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a concept. <laughs> and, and all this for a fucking jumpsuit. Yes, and then I love that Enzo also gasps. <gasps> Clutches pearls. <laughs> I've never had anything tailored. How about you? I mean, I've had the like cosplays tailored, um, and I've had a couple like coats and dresses tailored. It's well worth it. I tell everybody if you can find a place that'll tailor things for cheap, or if you feel you know ballsy enough to follow a tutorial, do it by yourself. Fix your clothes. Makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. You no, know, my uh, big sister uh, has very wide hips but a very small waist, and so she can never find jeans that fit her. But years That's ago, tough. someone just was like, why don't you just get your waistline like tailored once you buy the jeans? And she's like, oh my God, right. I never think of that. And she does it all the time now. It's the best. And it makes it honestly, just like if you're going to buy clothes and spend a little bit more money to have something that's going to last, definitely get it tailored. Back at the Monarch's home in Newark, the council is in a Zoom meeting discussing how the town hall went. And they're concerned that no one above a class six villain was in attendance. Strange, of course, because most of the villains live there in New York now, but they were having their meeting at Don Hell's, which is in Colorado. Doesn't matter. Uh, but they were saying basically that all the kind of big wigs live in New York, and uh, the New York chapter of the guild has always been a bit aloof, and it's been always threatening to secede from the actual guild. We got wide whale. What else do they need? Yes, yes. Sheila says we need to get the biggest fish. Oh, good, because we already have an appointment with a big one, wide whale. <laughs> Yes, Wide Whale's a, a, a funny character. He sounds like Tony Soprano. I love that they uh, they, <laughs> they made him so so loud when he walks. Like you can hear the like well, it's <laughs> with every step. He's because he's wearing corduroy. Is wearing a corduroy suit. I think is the joke. So it's the corduroy rubbing against each other it makes a big loud noise. Yeah, he's a bit Plus Tony's he's a, huge. Yeah, it's like Tony Soprano mixed with the Kingpin because he also is very Kingpin from mm-hmm. Spider Man and uh, Daredevil. Yep, totally. Even, even carries a big cane like the Kingpin does. Yep. Uh, Sheila goes home. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Sheila excuses herself uh, as she goes home and uh, says that she's got to go do this thing. Immediately as the monarch sees her leave, he like starts undressing. He's like, okay, let's go back to the state, the city. So like, you know, do our arch again now. And 21's like, oh, come on, man. Can we wait until we at least have a car or another cocoon? Like the commute and the trains is brutal. And that was another like thread that was cut from the episode was like, we were going to see like how like we have to go here, we have to transfer and then we have to get on a bus and transfer to another train. (laughs) 
Yeah, I uh, I would have loved to have seen them in the uh, the full regalia, just sitting on the subway. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Just and of course, no, no one would care. It's New York. No one gives a shit. They just think they're cosplayers. Uh, we see Brock in his room. Uh, Hank kind of comes in and asks if he can borrow Brock's fancy binoculars in order to look at girls from the roof. And then this is where yeah, Brock yeah, sure. comments on uh, Hank's wardrobe choices, saying he looks like Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. And he does definitely look like Justin Bieber in that scene. Very much so. But Justin yeah. Bieber of that time. I think this is before yes. he started like, getting tattoos and shit. <laughs> Swaggy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I dress like him because chicks dig him. No, Hank. Chicks dig what a guy is really confident enough to be himself, like Steve McQueen. Who? <sighs> Google him. <laughs> yep, he does get the sweet the Steve McQueen jacket at one point, too. Yeah, they said in the making of book that Brock got that for Hank. It actually is Steve McQueen's jacket. <laughs> yeah, love it. Outside, Manolo's van pulls up to Ventec Tower, and 21 and the Monarch get out disguised as security guards trying to break in with the key card that 21 had stolen earlier. And we see Hatred in the middle of Columbus Circle, kind of hiding out, uh, staking out the place, uh, keeping an eye on like, what security's doing. He's even got a little like checklist. Oh, you got it written down? Please. Of course. <laughs> Please tell me what his checklist has. So he only has about half it filled out, but um, it says practices listening skills. Yes. Punctuality, no. Sidearm preparation, no. Employs effective delegation, yes. Clarifies and communicates, yes. Understands detainment procedures, no. Presentation and appearance, no. And he has sloppy written next to it with an exclamation point. Um, <laughs> this is after he stops because uh, he comments on the, the tucked in shirt. Follows deadly weapon mandates, arrives in armored attire, utilizes defensive ups. Excuse me. Utilizes defensive observations, successfully diffuses armed conflict, maintains secure perimeter, demonstrates sound, and then they they kind of cut off so you can't see that one all the way. I see some judgment. Yeah, I love that. Despite being so thorough and keeping such an eye on like the little things of oh his shirt isn't tucked in, he fails to notice this is twenty one and the monarch. <laughs> he knows and has lived next door to before, like. <laughs> and he's got a grudge against Gary, who he knows out of his mask. He's like, well. Yeah, that's Gary, he should be saying. But no, he's just focused on their waistline. He's still kind of bumbling, yep. And then, yeah, this is where we see Sheila in the home of White Whale, where she's greeted by his manservant, Barnacle Banul. I had to look up the guy's name. Uh, but he's got, yeah, barnacles growing all over his face, kind of like the guys in Pirates of the Caribbean to Dead Man's mm-hmm. Chest. And totally. Then, yeah, this is where she hears the strange noise of his corduroy suit as he walks in the room. And then, uh, yeah, then they have this thing where it's like he's making sexual advances towards her. And they, they kind of keep that gag running for a while. Yeah. they. Uh, it, it seems kind of out of character because she doesn't seem like she's in the know. And as swingers, like, they, they could obviously have been like, yeah, we're just going to need you to kind of, like, honeypot this guy a little bit. And she probably would have been on board for it. But it all kind of seemed like a shocker. It seemed really out of... But also they're completely unprepared because for the first time in forever they're operating off the sovereign yeah it's like she starts kind of uh, telling him you know so we wanted to kind of offer you this thing we like we like the new york chapter we know you're a big part of it and he's like oh yeah no phantom of the already offered me this seat but i didn't i was like i need more than that and you and i are going to talk about what what else i need is he puts his hand on her thigh this is very creepy it's very creepy yeah, um, and I also like that Hank is fine. He sees Wide Whale and Dr. Girlfriend together. Dr. Mrs. excuse me. <laughs> and uh, he, he literally looks and goes, yeah, I've seen her before. Let's see what else there is. <laughs> Just completely doesn't care. 
Uh, but yeah, so he sees this very attractive girl on the floor below them getting into this gigantic, gorgeous pool. Oh my God, I would love to swim in that pool. She swims out and just goes limp face down in the water and Hank assumes the worst that she's drowning and he jumps into action, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah, gets the grappling hook. Hey, Brooke, can I borrow your gas power grapple gun? Thanks. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and before that scene, too, uh, we get 21 and the Monarch quickly going into the lobby, taking out the security guards that are there, and using their stolen car to get into the elevator, only to find that it has a retinal scan, which the Monarch's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll just put my eye up to it, and it'll go. Well, no, of course it won't. You're not in the system. And the alarm right. starts going off. They get trapped in the elevator, and then that's when they realize that the pirate captain is in there, too. Get them all shot up with all those trank guards. That's honestly their bi- their biggest suspense in all this uh, all this episode was just their amount of trank darts they had to take him out with. <laughs> oh no! Tolerance. We're trapped in an elevator with the devil, like that movie Devil. devil. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> no, I haven't either. I, I I know the twist, but it's like a ten year old movie. So spoilers, listeners: the unassuming oh. old lady in the elevator is the devil. <laughs> cool. Usually is. They're always one farting in the elevator. <laughs> always the old ladies. This is it where Hank bursts into Brock's room. He grabs the grapple gun, fires across the way into the building next door, and then also into Ventec Tower so he can kind of zip line across the way. Oh my stars and garters! Shots fired near Columbus Circle, says stars and garters as he's eating a hot dog. Roriana says she heard the shots. They're coming from Ventec Tower, to which Stars and Garters says, oh, well, never mind. They're not paying customers. They don't deserve to be saved. Ever the businesswoman. Uh, but then Fallen Archer uh, is keeping an eye on the roof, and all he sees is Hank falling from the roof and Brock reaching for him, but he assumes that Brock threw Hank off the roof and says so to Oriana, so she decides to go over and save Hank. But she can't see the zip line and gets fucking clotheslined off of her chariot and falls down onto Manolo's van. The uh, downfall of having an invisible chariot. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Stars and Garters sees her land and goes, whoa, who, geez, if, if whoever's on that roof can take out Roriana, we need to get together. Crusaders, convene! I just, I, <laughs> yeah, I love that they have corny. to do their own Avengers assemble. <laughs> totally. This is then where we see Fallen Archer trying to take out Brock. I love his line here. You're dancing with the Fallen Archer. Too bad you've got two left feet. I'm still, I'm still like blown away by that terrible pun with the uh, the fallen archer. Yes, I never put that together. <laughs> Flat-footed fallen archer, and then yes, why his arrows have feet on them? But Brock is able to escape. He almost kills the archer when Stars and Gutters steps in and kicks his ass a bit. Uh, Dean sees this happening and calls Rusty on his smartwatch. Hold on, son. I either sent you a text or I accidentally took a picture of my. Oh, you did you both. Did both. are your parents very tech savvy or do they do things like this nothing like that um they do like to screenshot like a full um facebook post and then send it with like no cropping on it which is always fun but that's you know what i accept it this is uh where we see jbot enter the bathroom and tell rusty he's going to subdue the intruders and then back on the roof brock is still fighting and helper is looking on in terror but when Jaybot kind of does like a superhero landing and bursts through the window himself, Helper wants to go too, but can't even make it up the two stairs because he only has wheels. <laughs> it's Poor so helper. 
he could go into helicopter mode, but he's not a man that thinks on his wheels. You know, he's he's just a robot. I think can't think on his wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hank is still holding on to his coat, trying to kick the glass to wake up this drowning woman. She hears him finally and perks up, and we see that it's a beautiful girl, and she's got gills in her neck so she can breathe under the water. Hank waves, but in doing so, lets go of his coat and falls to his death. But not really. Not really. Um, not really. And then I've always had uh, the desire to be able to breathe underwater. That's kind of one of my favorite, like, superhero. Like, if you could have a superpower, I'd love to be able to breathe underwater. And fly. And fly and teleport. <laughs> <laughs> um, and be invisible and be able to hear everybody's thoughts. No, I, I don't want to be underwater. I'm, I'm kind of afraid of deep water to be honest. And that's, that's what would be fun is to like, you know, be able to breathe under like super deep water, but nope, I, I'm, I'm not, not keen on the ocean. No, I, I've never had a chance to really swim in the ocean much, uh, only a little bit kind of uh, when I was in South Carolina last summer. I did in the Gulf of Mexico a lot, um, but that's, that's about it. I've, I've been to the Atlantic Ocean, but it was too cold. I didn't get in. I think part of the reasons why I always wanted to be able to breathe underwater is because one of my earliest memories is almost drowning, <laughs> truly. One of mine as well. I did that at the Y. Mine was a hotel pool. I think I've, I think uh, I told the story here on the show once before, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's a it's very scary. You just kind of accept it. How old were you? I was three and a half. Like, Damn, it's, that's it's, super it, young. It's like my oh, earliest shit, memory. Like like I kicked online when my brain said, "Oh my god, you're about to die." Like, and I didn't have any concept of death until that moment. Like, I, I was a three-year-old. I didn't know what death was. But as I'm, like, drowning, my brain goes, you're about to die, bro. Like, no one saw you go underwater. You were about to die right now. Kick it into high gear, dude. Holy shit. No, that's that's super young. I was, uh, like, six or seven, probably. Yeah, I got stuck under a, a... So, you know how when you go to the YMCA, there's, like, the, the little ramp for you to walk into the pool, into the shallow end? Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, and I was, I've always been a strong swimmer. I'm not a good swimmer, but I'm a strong swimmer. And I've always, you know, been able to like fuck around and shit. And I, I got caught under the ramp trying to be a mermaid or something, but it was completely submerged. So there wasn't an area to like breathe an air pocket like I thought there would be. Oh, and I dear. like definitely got caught under there and I was under there for like kind of a while. But oh, yeah, wow. um, yeah, it scares the shit out of you because like I did have a concept of death and I was like, huh, this is, um, this is how I'm dying. Seems like I would have lived longer than this. And then I just like got pulled out and they were like, good. And I was like, can I still swim? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happened to me too. Is the some guy who was in the corner of the pool saw me like go under and I like they didn't come back up again. And he noticed that my dad and my siblings didn't notice me there. And he quickly ran over and pulled me out. And at that moment my mother came in with the baby and she was like, What the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Walk away for five minutes. Oh my god. Wild. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. very scary. And you know what? I don't know if you also have this aversion, but whenever I have like wasabi or anything like that, the taste of it feels reminiscent of chlorine in my nostrils. And it kind of kind of wigs me out a little bit. I've never had that feeling, no. Huh. And I, yeah, I, I eventually I learned to swim and I actually love to swim now. Like I truly do. But like, uh, no, I never had the Same. wasabi. I mean, it's, it's kind, of kind of tingle, I suppose. But I no, I think I spent so much time dealing with chlorine in high school like those two very distinct different things for me for sure i was i was like you know always growing up on the lake so swam in the lake a lot ah uh, yeah lucky yep. yeah muskegon speaking Hello. of lucky as hank's falling to his death up the side of the building comes on his flaming motorcycle night dick night dick 
I and, like that he gives his whole origin story like a noir protagonist. For sure. And then uh, as far as like his comic book references, I'm thinking he's a reference to The Spirit, which I know because uh, they made a movie about it a couple years ago directed by Frank Miller. And then he's also with his flaming motorcycle, I'm sure, a reference to Ghost Rider for Marvel. And That's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. And then, yeah, the fact that he is like, you know, he was dead and is now back, that's a bit Ghost Rider, too. So, yeah. But I, I think that's also what the spirit is, too, is like, you know, the guy's supposed to be dead and he's not kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. And Hank, honestly, like, with no regard for his life, because he's just riding 90 de- degrees up in the air on the back of this motorcycle, laughs mm. at this guy that just saved him because <laughs> his name <laughs> is laughworthy, but, you know. Yeah. His, his original, like, name was like, you know, Frederick Knight with a K. And then when he, oh no, it's Richard Knight. That's what it was. Cause now Richard he's Knight, Knight Dick. Knight Dick. <laughs> <laughs> so and terrible. listeners, if you don't know, a dick is also a name for a detective. Private eye. Yeah. It's a private dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm your private dancer. Dancing for money. Do what you want. Yeah, they phased that one out of the vernacular. <laughs> but Hank was at one point, uh, you know, his private detective self. So he should know what a dick is. Well, oh, he yeah. got wiped after that. He even, he even said when he had his hat on, he's like, you know, what was that about bums not liking dicks coming? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved his PI phase. Good episode. <laughs> Once again, we see Sheila and Wide Whale talking. And again, his proposition is making it all seem very sexual. That's all I wanted to say about that. They're just kind of going to keep that gag going until we get the reveal at the end. Yeah. Back in the elevator the monarch has yes used up all of his darts for the captain's fix but he's still not getting what he needs frustrated 21 hits him over the head with his metal lunch pail knocking him out 21 always coming in clutch now use your claw to gouge out his eye for the retinal thing dude just pick him up (laughs) (laughs) then uh back on the roof uh we see, uh, you know, Warriana has joined the fight once again. She's got Brock tied up with her truth lasso, and he's telling her how he thinks she's hot. Uh, Stars and Garters has a J-Bot pinned to the floor, and Night Dick has just brought Hank to the roof. And then Rusty comes out <laughs> and says, I, I told you people I don't need your help. Oh, we just saved your boy from this blonde bruiser and his killer karate butt. Those are my bodyguards, <laughs> Miss Firecracker. <laughs> I have Miss Firecracker written on my notes with a little smiley face next to it. And then I know <laughs> all by itself. There is a movie in book, or sorry, a play. A play is called The Miss Firecracker Contest, and it was made into a movie called Miss Firecracker. Have you seen either thing? Mm-mm. I hadn't either, but I uh, had heard of them. Uh, but they were written by Beth Henley who wrote the play, and I guess uh, she also wrote a play called Crimes of the Heart, which I was in, in college. Oh, shit. Full circle. There you go, Miss Firecracker. There you go. I don't even care about the breast thing. I want to do you. I want to do you. Anna. I love that Brock gives up his, uh, his, well, I mean, like, we already knew he had a dom fetish with Molotov. He, he's down to clown. <laughs> yes. Anna, untie your truth lasso. <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> I love that he doesn't remember like he was hypnotized <laughs> right totally perfect foil for him and then uh, in the Ventec lobby 21 and the monarch after uh, you know getting the elevator doors to open with the eye they just start to get out they're like no this arching was a pass this is a fail let's just get out of here 
But as they leave the building, Hatred pistol whips 21 right in the face and tells him, I've been waiting weeks to do that. I'm sure ever since uh, <laughs> the Moppets lied and told them Gary betrayed him. Definitely. He holds a grudge. Mm-hmm. Talk about full circle. And I'm sure he's just letting out a little bit of aggression too of, and I bring down the compound because you fuckers starting a goddamn well, fire. <laughs> also got heavily demoted, you know. Yeah, he's, yeah, just, he's got a lot one. to let out and he lets it out on Gary. Which that's is okay. Follow. And Gary can take it. Gary's yeah. fine. Sheila pulls up and stops Hatred from doing anything worse and says, uh, this is, you know, guild business. They were arching on Wide Whale's rights. Uh, it's a guild matter now. Let's get in the car, honey. Wait a minute. There's still a guild? <laughs> right. So out of the loop. Uh, then the monarch congratulates her on such a nice bluff, but she says, I've got some bad news for you. And then we get to credits. And then we've got our end credit scene. Where, we, yes, we see the Crusaders leaving the mess behind that they've created, which, because Rusty doesn't pay. <laughs> yep. Well, and he doesn't get Captain's Spackle because he doesn't pay. He laughed at the name. Keep telling you. Warriana says, I'll see you around, Gargarian. And I had to look up what that was. In Greek mythology, the Gargarians were the all male tribe, like how the Amazons were an all female tribe. They copulated with each other in order to keep both tribes reproductive. So it was like this like unspoken, like, you don't live with us, we don't live with you, but in order to make more of us, we got to get together like once a moon. That's awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't either. There. Yeah, it's a good episode. It's a nice, honestly, I know they don't like it to be the the premiere for the season, but it's a good premiere for the season. Oh, for sure. Because, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. new setting. It's yeah. It's fun. You get to see all these cool new backdrops. You get to see these cool new rooms. You get to see, you know, new characters for the first time in a while, you know. Yeah, and like I said, not a lot like happens happens. Like we meet a lot of new people and we kind of see the dynamics of like how things work in New York, but it's not like, you know, gigantic life-changing things have occurred. It's just like, okay, now we just know. Well, I mean, they have, but not in this episode as far as like, you know, I don't know how to express what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm getting confused because <laughs> I'm stoned. <laughs> That's totally fine. Same page. Yeah. Uh, and then we just to say what happens to Jbot. What happens to Jbot? It's fucking knocked right over the edge. Because you know what Helper can do? He can still be petty. <laughs> he sure can. That's my girl. That's my girl. I love me some Helper. There can only be one. But there's more than one. There can only be one. Well, helper only... doesn't know about... He doesn't know about the other Helper. And the other Helper isn't like Helper at all. It, it It's become his own thing. He's too much of a C-3PO. He's he's paranoid android kind of guy. You know? Oh, God. I never even thought about him as a C-3PO. He totally is in that episode. Yeah, right? all too human. Is there any other thoughts you wanted to go over before we kind of wrap things up? Like, we got it all. All righty, well. Bag it and bag it. Thank you again for joining me. It was a pleasure as always. Do you want to promote your Instagram again like you did before or no? Yeah, sure. Um, that's Flem Brulee. Like the thing from your throat and the thing you want to put in your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> as one does. Uh, but that's it for this week. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at GoTeamVengerPod. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts for new episodes each Tuesday. And if you like the show, please rate and review where you can to help us get more listeners like yourself. And be sure to tune in for next week's episode, Maybe No Go. And as always, go, go Team Venture. Team Venture. <laughs>